Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is Sunday, March 19th, 2017. I'm Eros Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this in Glendale, California, the birthplace of Casey Stengel. That's right. I'm in Glendale today. I'm meeting someone in a little bit, and they said they were going to be about a half hour late. So what better thing to do when someone's a half hour late than to record a podcast? Hey, um, Chuck Berry died today. I was stunned by that news because I didn't know he was alive. Maybe intellectual. I know. I just maybe I I thought you I thought he'd gone a long time ago, and he's gone now. Chuck Berry, who knew he was still around? I think we should go around. We should try to find as many celebrities that we think are dead, and try to celebrate them. I talked about a few years ago that there should be. You know, they have these you know goodbye tours. They had one for Ortiz. They had one for Jader. They had one for Rivera. We should have a tour with Hank Aaron and Willie Mays going from stadium to stadium. I said that a few years ago, and I stand by it. Not morbidly, like, say, let's say goodbye before they die, but let's cheer them because they're with us. Hank Aaron's with us. Willie Mays is with us. Standing ovation. There you go. What what what's the wrong? The, take one game out of the year and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is Hank Aaron Day." Yeah, we're having one in Seattle. Yeah, we're having one in Tampa Bay. Now they neither Hank nor Willie are spring chickens right now, but let's have a day of celebration where that's that's worth celebrating them in every stadium. Welcome to Hank Aaron Day. Who who loses from that? And have it not be a morbid, sad situation, but a celebration. We still have these legends. They're alive. These connections to the past. Baseball lives in the past, present, and future. I say that all the time on this podcast. Well, look, at here's the past. Let's show up. The two greatest living ball players, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron, fight me if you disagree. Fight me with ski poles. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the, the the past because, you know, the good old days, and I hate talking about the good old days, and that's going to come into play in today's podcast, but we celebrate the past in baseball as well as promote the present and future. Willie Mays Day, Hank Aaron Day, there's two days. Every team has 81 home games. Boom. You have to worry about how to promote the other 79. Now it is Sunday, and I'm going to do the Sunday request. Now I'm going to just say this right now. Start, uh, April 2nd is opening day, and it's going to be the final daily podcast. I've been doing this since, as I said, since October 24th, and just the realities of life have, and the fact that uh, the next dime I make from this podcast will be the first dime I make from this podcast. You know, at, at some point, I've been burning a lot of candles at a lot of different ends. Something has to give. I don't want to give up Sully Baseball. I don't want to give up the podcast, but doing it daily is becoming a little impractical. Um, I'm still figuring out what the format's going to be for the weekly podcast. There'll be a weekly podcast, and from time to time, there'll be bonus podcasts. Um, 
I'm not sure if there's going to be a Sunday request anymore. Uh, I know I'm going to, I want to continue doing the teams that should have won series because I want to do all 31 of them because if I stop now, it's like, oh, great. What, you did the Yankees, you did the Red Sox, you did the Giants. So big surprise, and I don't do any of the other teams. I also did the Braves. So I got to follow through on that because I don't want to have that person, that imaginary person with an annoying voice bothering me. But I'm not sure how I'm going to do the Sunday request from now on because I'm probably going to post Sully Baseball on Monday. Hey, maybe that should be the name of the podcast. Sully Baseball Monday. I just thought of that. Hey, tell me what you think. Sully Baseball Monday. You know when it's on. You know when to expect it. It's on Monday. Let me know. Let me know what you think, because that may be what I wind up doing. Okay, this is called brainstorming with you. You get to hear what's in my brain. But I'm going to do a Sunday request today, and, and this came about kind of by accident. Um, one day, a few days ago, I just on a sort of a going down a Google rabbit hole, I stumbled across the team picture of the 1979 American League All-Star team. And it's a beautiful picture. It's got a lot of players who I remember from my youth. The 77, I mean, I say the rule of seven, 1979 was really the first year I followed baseball day in and day out. But I knew the players of 1977 because the first time I ever really started getting baseball cards was 1978. And all of those are pictures of the players and where they were in 77. Their stats went up to 77. And you couldn't read the backs of the cards. I started able to do it in 79. And, and I just kind of understood they're players. They play for teams and everything like that. Um, so my first memories of players attached to teams was in 78, which would be of 77. You understand? The 78 cards go up to 77. Do you know why? Because they couldn't update them in real time. There was no baseballreference.com. It was not the single greatest website in the history of planet Earth. Because it was the 70s, there were no websites. Actually, there was one shut up. So, I found this picture of the 1977 All-Star team. And I thought it was a pretty cool picture. There were some beautiful uniforms, you know, the colorful uniforms of the A's. There was only one A's player. And uh, that belonged to Wayne Gross. Uh, The Orioles had bright orange uniforms. Oddly, one Indian... Jim Kern was wearing a red uniform. Another Indian, Dennis Eckersley, was wearing a black uniform. And there were some players who you, you know, there's a bunch of Yankees. Joe DiMaggio is the honorary coach. He's sitting next to Billy Martin. Uh, You have Bob Lemon and Dick Hauser sitting cross-legged on the ground as the coaching staff. Of course, they would all be Yankee managers by 1980. There's Elston Howard there. There's a bunch of Yankees there, a bunch of Red Sox there. And a smattering of players, including Rupert Jones, who's the original Mariners All-Star with a beautiful Trident cap, uh, and uh, Ron Fairley, who was the original Toronto Blue Jays All-Star. You know, Freddie Lynn, George Scott, Jim Rice, Yastrzemski, Carew. Carew was the MVP. And you had Burt Campanaris there in a Rangers uniform. I totally forgot he played for the Texas Rangers. Anyway. I posted this picture. Just guy, I thought it was great. They were all kind of scrunched together. They all seemed to be looking in different places. Someone said there must have been 10 cameras going all over the place. And there was an interesting 
tweet out of response. It got a ton of responses. Like 14 people retweeted it, got 53 likes. A lot of people commented on it. I'm like, it struck a nerve. I never know what's going to strike a nerve. This is a random thing I, I, I posted on, on the Twitterverse. And uh, I don't know if he follows me. Does, he, does this guy follow me? Um, no, he doesn't follow me. But uh, C. Peters at B-F-L-E-R, no idea what that means, 67, wrote in response to this. The good old days, when I was a kid and knew who was on every team year after year. Now, I'm not going to contradict that, because there is an element of me thinking the good old days that had me post this specific picture, because it reminded me of the first year I started connecting what baseball players were, what teams they played for, what teams even were. And so I get that. I posted it because of nostalgia. The first year I really followed baseball was 79. First year I was aware of players and their teams was 78 based upon the cards of 77. So this was my initial link to baseball fandom and baseball nostalgia. So in a way, I really get it there. I get what you're saying there, C. Peters, P. Fleur 6-7, not 6-9, that would be a very different handle. But it's, there's an interesting aspect to that that is dripping with irony. In this same stadium where this picture was taken, the 1977 All-Star Game was at Yankee Stadium. In this same picture, in this same stadium where the picture was taken, Months before, the Cincinnati Reds defeated the Yankees in a pretty lopsided World Series to win back-to-back World Championships. And Howsam, the general manager of the Reds, was interviewed during the clubhouse celebration, and there was a sense of melancholy. There was a sense of regret in his voice in that he felt that this was the end of an era, the end of having a team together like this, because of the impending free agency, what was at the time called the free agency reentry draft. It's now the rules of free agency have since changed. And it was the beginning of what a lot of people at the time thought was the dark ages of baseball, the horrible part of baseball, the element of baseball where you didn't know where teams who were on the teams, where the illusion of loyalty was destroyed. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The concept of baseball loyalty before free agency is total bullshit. There was no loyalty in baseball before free agency because you had no choice. You had no choice in the matter. I send my kids to a public school here in Southern California. They don't look up to me and say, Dad, we're making a choice. We're going to go to a different school. No, I decide to them, you stay at this school. Now, if I want to, I can move them to a private school, or if we move to a different town, they can go to a different town. We actually did switch schools at one point, but it was our decision. It wasn't their decision. It wasn't like, oh, I'm being loyal to this elementary school. That was the elementary school that the town assigned them to. Not sure if that analogy made 100% sense. But players had no say in the matter. They didn't. 
The teams just renewed their contracts if they felt they wanted to keep them or cut their contracts or traded them. They had no say in the matter. There was no loyalty. When you say you were going to do this whether you do so or not, you don't say, like, oh, man, that guy was super loyal to that team. Why? A player is loyal to the team when they have a chance to go elsewhere and they don't. Loyalty was never Joe DiMaggio playing his whole career with the Yankees. He sat out. He wanted more money. Loyalty is Steven Strasburg signing with the Washington Nationals instead of going to free agency. Loyalty is Tony Gwynn staying with the Padres, even though he could have gotten more money if he went on the open market. So this was an age where people began to think, oh, this is not the good old days, because we can't tell who's going to be where. There's no loyalty anymore. Players can jump from team to team. And it's funny that he was talking about how you knew what player was on each team. Well, let me just go through this for a second. Let's just take a window of time around the time this picture was taken. Let's just, this picture was taken in 77. So let's just take a window of time from like 75 to 79. That's a five-season window, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79. Five-year window. In that five-year window of the players currently in this picture, I'm going to look at the picture again right now. In that five years, let's see. You have Rod Carew. He switched teams. You had Reggie Jackson. He played for three different teams. Who's sitting next to Reggie Jackson here? Um, That was uh, Richie Zisk. He played for two different teams. Willie Randolph. He played for two different teams in that stretch. George Scott, he played for three different teams in that stretch. Uh, Rupert Jones played for two different teams in that stretch. Jim Kern switched teams. Uh, Jason Thompson switched teams. Bill Campbell switched teams. Larry Heisel switched teams. Uh, Dave LaRoche switched teams. Ron Fairley switched teams. Uh, Wayne Gross switched teams. Dennis Eckersley switched teams. Sparky Lyle switched teams. Burt Campanera switched teams. Almost everybody on this picture within a five-year window, switch teams at least once. And by the end of the 1980 season, that list would include uh, uh, Fred Lynn, Rick Burleson, and Carlton Fisk as well. It's funny you talk about you knew what teams the players played for. When you looked at that very team, almost everybody switched teams at one point or another, including Rod Carew, who won the MVP the year this picture was taken, and he was an angel in two years. The only players who never switched teams on this picture would be Yastrzemski, would be uh, George Brett, would be, who else, Uh, Jim Rice. Um, Sparky Lyle switched teams, so that doesn't count. Oh, and Thurman Munson. And the only reason Thurman Munson didn't is because he died. I can almost guarantee you he would have left by a free agency to play in Ohio because the reason he died was he was taking flying lessons so he could get to Ohio faster and off days. But yet, this is nostalgia. This is the good old days for him. This is the good old days for me. And for the people at the time, this was a nightmare. 
Players were switching teams. Uniforms were changed. They were playing on AstroTurf. There was a designated hitter. There was expansion. There was a rounds of playoffs. All these terrible things have happened to baseball. And yet for us, there was the good old days. This is the nostalgia paradox. Someone's horrible dark ages is someone else's good old days. Someone is growing up a gigantic baseball fan is going to look at the, the late 90s, early 2000s and say that's when baseball was at its best because that's when they were introduced to it. Every movie that you love, every song that you love, every player that you love is somehow connected to the moment when you were growing up realizing I can love movies, I can love music, I can love baseball. It's connected because you think, ah, that was my guy growing up. He made me feel this. That was my song growing up. It made me feel that. This was my movie, my TV show, whatever the hell it is. And there's always some old fart saying, it was better when I was that. It's the good old days. Someone's calling this the good old days. While at the time, it was considered the dark ages and considered that everything wrong happening in baseball was happening before our eyes. I love that you think it's the good old days because for us it is. Because that was the era when we knew where the players were year after year and we understood, we grew up knowing a player can switch. The idea of free agency is not an effrontery to me because I don't know baseball before that. I don't know baseball before AstroTurf, before the DH, before pullover uniforms, before divisional play. So I roll my eyes when I hear people say, oh, back then, you just first place, you're in the World Series. That was a real pennant race. Oh, hell with that. Division races are great. Back then, there was no DH. I love the DH, and I love pitchers hitting because I always grew up with there being a choice. And you can love both. Do you know why? I love sushi. I love pizza. I love 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I love The Big Lebowski. You can love different things. So I feel you. I just love that an era that seemed to define the demise and everything bad happened in baseball and people pointed. I heard so many old timers growing up talking about how, oh, it was better then, it was better then. Hell with that, it was great. Because we grew up and that's what we loved. The good old days of free agency, polyester uniforms, designated hitters, astroturf, and knowing that a player can leave via free agency. That was the best. It'll never get better than the times that everyone thought it would never be worse. Except that it's better now for someone learning baseball now. If you're age seven or eight and falling in love with baseball right now, and there are people who are seven and eight falling in love with baseball right now, the young people are not going to love baseball. They said that in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And guess what? This guy whose who's, uh, who's, uh, Twitter handle I don't understand. But you know what? I'll call him C. Peters. C. Peters and I fell in love in the 70s. 
at a time of darkness. Because that's what it is. You fall in love with the time that it affects you. These are the good old days. Oh, man, I'll get sued. Hey, uh, thanks a lot for responding. I bet you didn't expect to be a topic of a podcast. I just loved your response. We became kindred spirits. Uh, go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, Trevor, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Once again, analyzing nostalgia. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 19th day of March 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.